Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you're blessed by this podcast, please subscribe. Once you do, you'll be able to stay up to date with all our latest messages. What in the world is going on? People all around the world are freaking out over the coronavirus. What does the Bible have to say about it? Let's find out. You're here with me tonight and with us, and and that is great. So we're going to talk about one of the things, the elephant in the room, the thing that everybody seems to be panicking about right now, and it is the coronavirus. So there's a lot out there. So I'm going to go through some slides, and we'll talk back and forth. We're going to have what the Bible has to say about pestilence in the last days, uh, different things. We're also going to talk about the temple uh, in Jerusalem. We're going to talk about Israel and the temple. But I want to start with coronavirus. That's the thing on everybody's mind and then shift over to Israel, because all Bible prophecy, it, it's, it's, the focus is Jerusalem. In fact, the Bible, the focus is Jerusalem and Israel and the Jewish people, and we forget that. Uh, Gentiles forget that all the time. Yeah. They think in America, the American Gentiles think We're it's all about America. Yeah, <laughs> and, um, but when you, so this is why we stick with the Bible and why Jerusalem and Israel and the Jewish people are so dominant in the things that we talk about. So uh, here... Check this one out, coronavirus. Healing room canceled due to coronavirus fears. (laughs) There you go. You can see it better on the back screen. That is just great. So I mean, okay, so we have, there's there's some problems. Yeah. So let's look at the next one. This is from Drudge Report today. I, I don't want to read all of the different articles at the top left, but there's the big one in red. Italy restricts quarter of its population, travel chaos, CPAC virus nightmares, and, uh, and on down the list. So there's this panic wow. that is happening. It doesn't stop there. But wait, Bob, there's more. Okay, I'm ready. All hospital beds, zero hedge today, all hospital beds in the U.S. will be filled with patients by about May 8th due to coronavirus. Wow. Okay, and then what are we going to do? Seal them all off and quarantine them and nobody can go to the hospital? We're going to talk about that. Okay. <laughs> Bill Gates, coronavirus may be once in a century pathogen we've been worried about. Um, we, now, in Bible prophecy, we know from Revelation chapter 6, Matthew 24, uh, that pestilence is going to have a massive increase in the last days, but predominantly what's described as during the tribulation period. Um, but people are freaking out over this right now. Yeah. So we are going to put all of this into context for you before we are done here. Uh, but these viruses and different things do come about. You're going to talk about they that do. in a minute. They do. Um, coronavirus, did you knock something over? Almost. <laughs> <laughs> coronavirus <laughs> outbreak means Costco shoppers can say goodbye to free samples. Bummer. <laughs> I went there the there other day. There goes my dinner. <laughs> when, when I went in the door at Costco, they're already there going, we have no toilet paper. We have no water. We have no hand wipes. And I mean, they're already listing yeah. stuff that's been bought out and you can't even get it, much yeah. less the, the grazing. <laughs> the, the grazing. <laughs> yeah. I, I've talked to people who say they, they've gone out for a date. Yeah. <laughs> How many of you have done that? You've gone or, out for a Sunday date. Sunday afternoon <laughs> lunch. You go for Sunday lunch afternoon after lunch. Hot dog. Well, I mean, the, the free samples. You got to yeah. pay for You got to pay lunch. a buck for the hot dog. How many of you do that? Oh, come on, you guys. I know you too well. You're too cheap to not do you that. You have a whole lunch for free at Costco. You used to be able to anyway. Doctors stunned as coronavirus leaves children virtually untouched. Now, I did hear of a sixth grader recently that got coronavirus. 
but it's interesting. It's primarily people who are elderly. A lot of them are uh, uh, convalesced that are getting it and they're affected by it. Um, and those are predominantly the people yeah. who, are, who are being killed. Uh, but there's usually another factor going on. They have something else. Um, then there's this. You were just there. Uh, Bethlehem, not you Bethlehem. did not go to Bethlehem. No, I didn't. But, you know, Bethlehem's only, what, five miles from Jerusalem? Yes, it is. So you're really close. Uh, Bethlehem deserted after Palestinians declare coronavirus emergency. And the Church of the Nativity was closed. And yeah. Shop owners closed. That is pretty rare for that area. Totally rare. Yeah. That's where that Starbucks is. Stars and Bucks. Yeah, Stars and Bucks. Stars and Bucks. I, I also saw uh, How many AFC. of you have seen that, pictures of it or anything? There's a Stars and Bucks. It, has this, it looks just like a Starbucks logo. Stars and Bucks yeah. right there in Bethlehem. Yeah. And AFC is there too. Asian fried chicken. Arab, Arab fried chicken. Arab fried chicken. But it looks like KFC. KFC. I have a picture of that one. Yeah. I wish I had it up here. Yeah, uh, yeah it's AFC, Arab fried chicken. It's pretty funny. They, you know, who's going to sue them? You know? Nobody. They, yeah. At least 1,000 IDF soldiers quarantined over coronavirus. <clears throat> Vice President Mike Pence mocked for praying with coronavirus task force. Now, this is what I think. Wow. And that to show you the state, the spiritual state that our nation is yeah. in also. Yeah. Um, you, you started off talking about the year that Uzziah died. Yeah. And uh, Isaiah sees the Lord high and lifted up in a time when the nation, uh, or Judah was, at that time, panicking. was actually panicking. We have the world that seems to be in a panic stage right now, yep. not to mention the politics that the people are panicking over. <clears throat> yeah, <clears throat> when people turn to God, it's coronavirus. Yeah. <clears throat> when people turn, <laughs> or allergies, Can I one or the other. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, so, um, but people are turning to God and yeah. you're mocked for it. And uh, Last days. I'd say that's definitely a sign of last the last days. days. Not in Yahoo's um, cabinet and all the cabinet members quit shaking hands with everybody over this thing. Uh, they would just, uh, hi, glad you're here. But no one shook hands. Yeah. So that's, uh, for those of you who don't know, Benjamin Netanyahu is the Prime Minister of Israel who, who won the election, but he still doesn't well, have all sorta. the... Sort well, sorta. Well, kind of kind of like the previous it's, two elections. Yeah. Are we going to go to number four? Well, what's, what's going on is you have to have so many seats to form a government. And he got 58 seats. But they do it so strangely. It's like all night long, you're watching television, kind of like we do here, just to see what the results would be. And so at 8 o'clock or 6 o'clock, they come on and they go, we've had greater election turnout than we've had the past two elections. We're up by 4.7%. And you're like, okay, who's winning? 7 o'clock. We've had greater voter turnout than we did at 7 o'clock in the last two elections. We're up by 5.9%. We're like, okay, 9 o'clock, same thing. <laughs> 10 o'clock, it's like, okay, here's who got how many seats. And at that point, Netanyahu had 59 seats. You need 61 because there's 120 people in the Knesset. Knesset's like our uh, Congress, okay? And so uh, there's a couple of people. Gantz came close, uh, and, uh, but not close enough. And he said, let's just wait and see because they do the same thing we do. We need to count the votes from the military and the people that were out of the country and this and that and the other thing. And uh, what's supposed to happen then is then the president, uh, Reuben Rivlin, will come and say, will you form a government? Now he's got to go around and make deals with all of the other little parties. We have two major parties. They've got like 27. 
and you've got to make deals with all these people to get things done. So he's not allowed to make deals until he has 61. And there's another guy named Lieberman who has got the extra seats, but he doesn't like Mr. Netanyahu, and he doesn't like the policies of Mr. Gantz. So he's playing games with them both, saying, I won't let it go to a fourth election, but I don't think I want you, either of you to win. So everybody's holding their breath, waiting to see what he's going to do. And then in the meantime, those people over there are just like they are here. By the way, they love our president. I was showing Tom tonight yarmulkes with Make America Great Again. And uh, pictures of President Trump. And, and they love Benjamin Netanyahu that way there too. But just as there are those who are really hateful here, they are there too. And so they're trying to find something to charge him with, uh, graft, corruption, and all these other things, so that he can't form a government. They're going to try and make a law that says you can't form a government unless you have the 61 votes and you're cleared of these other charges. Now here's the funny part most people don't know. These other guys have been charged with those same things. It's just their courts are passed, their trials are passed. We won't want to talk about that we're accusing you of what we did. Yeah. But that's what's going on. So that's why I say almost, I think he's there. The country loves him. And uh, we appreciate him. And he gets along well with our president. And I think they're moving forward and doing some incredible stuff. And God is blessing them because they're doing, no matter what you think of our president, believer or not, he is doing what God wants you to do. Genesis 12:3. Bless my people, I will bless you. Don't bless my people. Don't look for anything good. It's not going to happen. Our president is being blessed. Our nation is being blessed because he is doing what God wants. Amen. That's the bottom line. Amen. Ready for the next slide? Yeah. How about that? Why coronavirus was likely deliberately released. That's pretty interesting. <laughs> You ready for another slide then? We're going to come uh, back we to these do the things. Bat wing We're thing. going to be talking about these things. The bat wing. Thing. Oh, yeah. People are eating bat wing soup. That's where it came from. No, in I, a market I, in Wuhan. I've heard that. I've heard different kinds no, of it's animals. It's been dispelled. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it has. So Don Stewart was here. He said he believes, at least as of four weeks ago, that it was. Uh, it's a designer yeah. um, virus. Yes. And I've, and I've heard that. And I, the, there's two theories on that, too. One is it escaped accidentally. Mm -hmm. A worker took it home or something. Or perhaps we'll run a little test and see how effective this is. And it got out of hand. Yeah. Um, I have theories on the test to see how effective it is. OK. Um, uh, and we'll, we're going to get to that in just a <laughs> okay. second, too. Because I, I, I wonder if this whole thing was just a test to see what's going to happen. Yeah. And uh, so, and then Dr. Drew says, you need to shut up. Not you, not Pastor Bob, uh, but no, Dr. I, I got it, because yeah. I don't know Dr. Drew. <laughs> he wouldn't tell me to shut Dr. up. Dr. Drew slams media over coronavirus doom mongering. Uh, and so I want to stop here for a few minutes and let's have some talks <coughs> about coronavirus and try to make sense of things. What does the Bible have to say? And, uh, and on down that list. So regarding the common cold, yep. the flu and, and various, uh, the viruses, there's more than 200 different viruses that are known to cause symptoms of the common cold, 200. Uh, rhinoviruses, pan, uh, para-influenza, and coronaviruses, all are involved in the common cold. 
uh, out of the coronaviruses. Uh, coronaviruses are believed to, to cause a large percentage of adult colds. They induce colds primarily in the winter and early spring. Um, of more than the 30 isolated coronavirus strands, uh, there's only three or four of them that affect humans. Uh, but let's start putting some things into perspective if we can. The CDC uh, in um, Center for Disease Control, is in 2017, I have different stats, so just listen to these. 80,000 people died of the flu in the winter alone in 2017 in the US, 80,000. Um, worldwide, the World Health Organization says that up to 650,000 people die worldwide of respir respiratory diseases linked to seasonal flu each year. 650,000. Um, let me move on from here. That's about Iran, which if we have time, we'll get into. Yeah. And then we'll get into that if we have time. We'll get into that if we have time. Okay. We'll get into this in just a second. We need more time. We need more time? Yeah. I, I, I want to go through the coronaviruses and get to yeah. the temple in Jerusalem. Okay. Uh, how many people die from the flu each year? 56,000 people uh, average in the U.S. So 656,000 worldwide, 56,000 average in the United States. Um, to put this into more perspective, uh, the tornado last week in Tennessee killed 24 people. The coronavirus, as of about four hours ago, in 33 states, has killed 21 people. Again, it's targeted, it seems to be affecting people who, are, who have compromised uh, systems already. A little bit more perspective. In Chicago, in February, 34 people were murdered. And we don't hear anything about that. No. Um, and this is continuing, it is continuing. <laughs> you look at Southern California, San Bernardino, the valley wow. we live in, Riverside, Los Angeles, San Diego, you start looking at that, and you're thinking, man. Um, okay, I'm gonna give you one more shot at a perspective on this, and I want you to keep this in mind. So Chicago was one city, 34 people. In about the same amount of time, 33 states, 21 people, and people whose bodies compromised. Okay, now listen to this. Again, 21 people, 33 states. In 2019, worldwide, worldwide, there are 42.4 million abortions. Wow. And we don't, we, we don't, I mean, that's just, that doesn't matter. When is the um, last time you saw that on the news? Yeah, you, you don't see it on the news. 125,000 abortions per day worldwide. 3,000 abortions per day in the United States. And these numbers on abortions in the United States are coming down. So you, you look at that and you go, but, but, but you go back to righteousness and unrighteous. Well, that doesn't matter. And we have a world that is literally freaking out. As of two hours ago, uh, millions of people are quarantined in Italy. Yeah. Um, and, and so you're looking at these things and going, this is just insanity. What is really driving these things? And then there's this report. Uh, it was actually a science report. And this person was, this scientist was, uh, was uh, this doctor was asked and quoted. He said this, emotions are the filters through which we see facts. Mm 
said David Ropeek, a retired Harvard instructor on risk communication. And then he wanted to explain some other things about coronavirus. He says it's a problem, but still it's emotions. We see facts through emotions. So yeah. we don't necessarily see facts for being facts. Right. And so when I look at things that are happening right now, I, I wonder, this is me yeah. from a, a I, I see things through the lens of the Bible and also through the lens of Bible prophecy, knowing Jesus is coming again. In Matthew chapter 24, again, one of the signs is uh, pestilence is going to increase along with earthquakes and wars and rumors of yeah. wars. You know that whole passage. And it's happening. Okay. And so it is happening. And, um, and at the same time, when I look at this, I wonder, I mean, I'm, I'm, this is just a question. Because when I look at the actual numbers, I'm, I'm wondering, is it... In, was it intentional and just a test to see what will happen worldwide if it's presented that a virus is out there where certain powers that be might not might know it is not as bad as they think it is as they think it is as people are thinking it is. but this is affecting the whole world the whole world is on alert israel's shut down from outside Italy is shutting down. A quarter of Italy is shut yeah. down. China. United States, their there's schools in the United States are already shutting down. Um, they're canceling all kinds of concerts and, and different athletic things. Athletic events. Athletic yeah. events. Uh, so you're reading this going, so you're watching, and we're also watching the economy be affected. Right. So it's, it's like you look at this and you go, well, this is interesting because the, in my mind, I might be wrong, Bob, but in my mind, the numbers of the, the, the seriousness of the effects of the coronavirus don't seem to be nearly as serious as the flu. Now, you're not a, right. a biologist or a doctor, no. but I look at it, but it causes me to have questions. Yeah. And there's a few more things to show you in a minute that have questions also, but you have some other, well, some I, other facts, I, just too. Just this whole idea, people get emotional about it. They get panicked about it. And we tend to forget after the panic goes away, then it's like, oh, okay, we made it through that one. Didn't touch me, but... I was looking up some things because I thought, well, how has this been affecting people over the years? And uh, of course, the most deadly virus that's been going around is AIDS. It's already got 32 million victims, right? And then uh, in 21st century, uh, 2013 to 2016, Ebola virus, right? Uh, mainly in West Africa, but it affected everybody. We we're always wondering. Uh, is that going to affect us? Are they going to get over here? And uh, everybody was panicked about how dangerous it was. Boy, I can't talk again. Dangerous it was and how it could be translated. And uh, swine flu, 2009, 2010. 2002 to 3 is SARS, uh, Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome. 2003 and 2004, bird flu. Uh, from 1981, I want to go backwards actually, 68 to 70, Hong Kong flu. Do you remember that? Some of you maybe, okay, some of you are old enough to remember, but there's a few here that don't remember that. But that was a big deal too, just like this was. And then uh, we had Asian flu in 1957 to 58. Tom's not old enough to remember that, but I, I was. So here's a big one, 1918 to 1919, Spanish flu hit a large portion of the world's population and right after World War I, okay, it killed 50 million people according to CDC. Uh, and it's considered the most deadly in history in such a short period. So we're panicking again. We're not trusting the Lord, but 
God has seen us through these things, and I believe each one of them is a warning that, hey, you need to look to me. You need to seek me. I'm the one that will give you life. I'm the one that can heal you. I'm the one that can protect you. Or you can just look at the situation and freak out and, and probably become less immune because you're panicked. That's, that's true. Yeah. Becoming your immune system actually yeah. breaking down because of it. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're, you're, you're sick. You're worried. You're depressed. You're uh, all these kinds of things. And, uh, you so know, when, when I look at it, you know, you open up again with the passage from Isaiah. Yeah. Um, you look at Costco running out of things and all these other stores. You know, they just yeah. are. That's the reality of where we live. I, I met with some people from the medical field just the other day. And they're pretty convinced that um, how it was described to me, they're expecting this to increase in, hit a peak. in the United States, hit a peak in the United States. People are really going to start to freak out then. And then it will die, completely die out uh, shortly after that, and then probably come back in the fall. But this is pretty standard for cold season, flu, flu season. season. This is what they do. And if it doesn't come back, we'll get another one. Yeah, something, Some other well, name, yeah, you, a just, new you just have all these other things that you yeah. just read. And, and you look at that, but this is so standard. So when I look at this, this is what the Bible says. Jesus is asked, tell the sign of your right. coming in the end of the age. See that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many, and you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. In other words, these things are always happening, right? That's what Jesus is saying. They always happen. Then he says, nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines, pestilence, and earthquakes in various places. All these things are the beginning of sorrows. So all these things, they're always going to take place since Adam and Eve. Yeah. Um, but then when he says these things are the beginning of sorrows, that's a phrase that the phrasing is likened to a woman that's about ready to give birth. So we know that during the last days, that pestilence will increase. Yep. Um, like a woman is about ready to have a baby. In Luke chapter 21, where, where Luke is quoting what Jesus said, uh, Jesus also says, men's hearts will fail them from the fear and expectation of what's coming. That seems to be where we are right. living right now. People fear. are, it's this worldwide fear that has gripped people. And when you put it into the right perspective and you start looking at the facts, you're going, well, I don't need to be afraid. I'm watching the news the other night and, and I'm flipping through different news channels because I want to get not just right. a particular bent. I want to get all these different opinions, right? And so I'm watching them, but it was, they're, every, they're, they're panicking. The world's going to end and this is going to happen. The sky is falling. Look out for coronavirus. Everybody's going to die. I mean, that's kind of what you're yeah. hearing if you're not filtering it, right? And then they, then they were upset because people are afraid. And praying. And, and praying, yeah. Like yeah. Uh, they're, they're praying and they're afraid. Well, you, well yeah, you, you, you look, you go, well, this just makes absolutely no sense. Except when you start looking at the Bible, men will be afraid of what they're worried about. They're worried about climate change. Yep. They're worried about uh, the wars and rumors of wars, which are very threatening, they're very real yeah. all the time. The economy is going to collapse. We are watching the economy be challenged right now. Right. And uh, which leads me to the next thing regarding the coronavirus. I want to make sure we get to Jerusalem. So we're yeah. going to we're going to finish coronavirus. Just here in just a we minute. didn't even talk about uh, 
1987, or excuse me, um, 2008 financial collapse, Y2K, everybody's freaking out then. Yeah, and uh, you, so you have these different things. Yeah. Um, going through the 2008 recession, um, pretty much we're all old enough to have gone through that, and we remember it pretty well, but there's a lot of people saying, regardless of this virus, right. we're already deep into the economic problem with this. Yeah. The stock market has dropped uh, four or 5,000 points in the last week or so. You're looking at that. We're hearing about all these things you already mentioned. They're canceled. Flights are canceled. Vacations are canceled. People are not traveling. The industries are doing great as Clorox wipes. Yep. Which, by the way, says protect coronavirus, um, right on the right on them. Um, it has for decades, um, it, but it, but we're watching this, yeah. and it's it's interesting to see the dynamics. And then you have this article: uh, the World Health Organization contaminated cash wow. may help spread coronavirus. Deadly disease can be contained. That speaks volumes to me as a prophecy guy. Yes. Anybody else? Let's so get, let's get rid of the money. We need some marks so yeah. we can transfer so, okay. funds and so, so when lose I, our credit cards. Right. So when I look at this, I know there's a problem with um, the globalists. When I, when oh, I, yeah. Again, there's a, they're, they're losing the steam that they had. Benjamin Netanyahu is still prime minister. Trump is still president. Well, there's an election coming in 2020. Boris Johnson is now in the UK. Yeah. This is a problem for the globalists. Four more years of Trump is an absolute nightmare if you're a globalist. I mean, they've been working it, so hard to get rid of him. They have been the, the Mueller report, the impeachment, but he just keeps marching the through everything. Supreme Court. Yeah. Re regardless yeah. of what side you're on politically, I look at this and I go, it appears the way the fear is with everybody on coronavirus doesn't seem placed right when you look at it in the context of right. the flu and, and cold season and every other thing that we ever have. Yep. Why is there such a big deal? If this is affecting the economy worldwide, um, the past flu seasons didn't, although a lot more people died. Um, the SARS and the, the, the bird flu, the bird flu, flu, all these different things Spanish have been flu. happening. Even they haven't affected the economy. This is worldwide panic. So I look at this, um, con controlling the cash. Revelation chapter 13 is very clear. There will be a cashless society where, where it, this is just, it, to me, this is a setup it, for what is coming. It's ready to do this. Yeah. But we're going to get rid of it. So you look how many people are afraid, how many people don't want to shake hands. How many of you tonight, you don't have to raise your hand, we're thinking, I ain't shaking anybody's hand at church anymore, right? I, I, I know it's a lot because a lot of you have told me this morning, tonight, uh, I've got a call from a friend yesterday, I ain't shaking anybody's hand anymore at church. Well, and now they'll go, I can't take your money. I can't take your money. That's exactly I'm it. I'm sorry. You right? can't buy your groceries. You may have virus on your money. Yeah. I, I don't want to touch exactly, it. That's exactly that's where, the where I see this going. Wow. And um, so you look at that and you go, so it seems to me there's more behind it than yes. just um, you know, a, another. And, and more than just naturally, I believe there's supernatural things behind there this. Are. Pushing it forward yeah. for the agenda of not just the globalist, yeah. but our enemy. Yeah, so, since you go all the way back to um, the Tower of Babel, yep. when God uh, visited Babel and scattered the nations by their languages, men have always tried to get back together 
a one world, a new world order, a globalist system where, where Satan is at the top with his man, the Antichrist. Nimrod, of course, was the picture of yep. a, a type of Antichrist back then. But the world was scattered when Nimrod was trying to b build his world empire. Ever since then, tried to get back together. You look at all of these things, and you're going, well, this is really interesting. You know what else is fascinating to me? You can buy a little device now, and I can talk into it. Yeah. You'll hear it in your language. Yeah. You answer me, and I hear it in my language. And we're getting rid of this problem of division of languages, yeah. and we can all just work together and be okay. happy. And so this is frustrating to me. If I, I'm on your phone, I have a Google. Um, somebody else must have it. Google Translate, thank yeah. you. So I'm learning conversational Hebrew, not just biblical, but conversational. So yeah. I can go and have and, and converse with people in Israel easier. Yeah. Even though they speak English over there, um, there's, they appreciate it more when you're they learning do. their language, I mean, yeah. like any country would. So I, I'm learning Hebrew, and it is a lot of work. They, they have sounds we don't have. Yeah. And all these things, so I'm working, working, working at it. David Tal says to me, why do you do all that? Just do Google Translate, watch this. And I said, that's no fair. Yeah. <laughs> you can get, so you can translate all these different things. But that Google Translate or so many of these other Translate programs that are out there now, they're doing that. Yeah. They're getting rid of the language barrier that God created in the Tower of Babel because the world coming together with one language, guess what? You can have this globalism. So you look at that and you go, Man, this is just crazy. One so language, that. one financial system, one world leader. One world leader. The Antichrist is coming. Um, who is he? Well, I can't tell you. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I don't know. We're just, we're just messing around. Yeah. Sorry about that. So you have these things, the cash. I see this as a setup. I think that it's, I mean, just because I have so many questions about it, it seems to me this is a test, this whole pestilence thing to see the direction the world's going. And I'm watching it, and it's almost insanity how, how bad some people are getting. And they're falling into step. They're falling with the globalist. They're falling right into step, and yeah. it's it's sweeping the world. Then you look at this one: ID 2020 and Partners Launch Program to provide digital ID with vaccines. Now, how many of you have heard of this? Okay, so we have all these different things going on, right? So this has been around for a while. The the, the you know the global sure, ID yeah. thing. Uh, <laughs> That's Revelation chapter 13. Everybody's going to have an identification. This includes vaccines. Gee, how easy is that to be able to have an ID and a vaccine? We need vaccines all at the same time. All at the same time. Get rid of cash. I'm telling you, I do not think it's a quinky dink that these things happen to be happening like this. Everything is pressing in that direction. And, uh, it, and it's, it's not going to stop. No. It, it, but it's pressing fast. Well, it's time for us to go home. Right now? Amen. Well, I don't mean I know home you, you mean heaven. Yeah. Give me home with our Lord. Yeah. So, and, and he gives us these signs. So we have signs that tell us what's coming. We only have 11 minutes left. Okay, here we go. So you ready? I'm ready. Okay, so in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus continues and says, All these things are the beginning of sorrows. 
and then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you'll be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Uh, he's talking to the Jewish people specifically, and then it focuses in on the last days. And we know this, then many will be offended, will betray one another, will hate one another. The many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. He who endures through the end and will be saved. Verse 15, therefore, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet standing in the holy place, Whoever reads, let him understand, then let those who are in Judea flee the mountains. Let him who is on the housetop not go down to take anything out of his house. And let him who is in the field not go back to get his clothes. But woe to those who are pregnant and those who are nursing babes. And pray that your flight may not be on the Sabbath. For then there will be great tribulation, such as not been since the beginning of the world until this time. No, nor ever shall be. And unless those days were shortened, no flesh would be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days will be shortened. So in here, in the context of pestilence, earthquakes, wars, and everything, yeah. he talks about the abomination of desolation. So with that, you're just in Israel. This is obviously focusing on Jerusalem. And we have to have a temple for that to and happen. We have to have a temple. So you were just there. Yeah. So I'm, I read a lot of articles. Uh, people are excited in Jerusalem. Some people are about the building of a temple. Yes. Okay. Um, what did, is there anything you noticed over there? Because I, I found some really fascinating things. Uh, that, that, uh, uh, regarding the temple that I've read about. Well, I got to meet a couple of Messianic believers, and, and they're so excited about the temple being built. And it's interesting because they're even saying, you know, and then, and then it'll only take three and a half years to get the thing completed. And I'm thinking, whoa. Really? And, and then she says, and they've got all the stones already cut to bring it together. And I'm thinking, where are they keeping these things? And she goes, I don't know, but it's ready. We all know it's ready. And we're going to put it together really soon. That's fascinating. And, I'm, and she was jumping up and down excited. She's a Messianic believer. And, and she says, the temple's going to happen. It's going to happen. We'll have it completely finished in three and a half years. And of course, whoever helped mm -hmm. them put it together can help with the dedication and then maybe make a proclamation at the same time. Yeah. So what would that proclamation be? Uh, I'm God worshiping. <laughs> Second Thessalonians chapter yeah. two, uh, demanding to be worshipped as as yes. God, the Antichrist, the, yes. the the man of lawlessness. So you're looking at this. Damon Duck writes: Jewish priests have been practicing animal sacrifices yes. on Jewish feast days for eight years. The only thing preventing them from offering real sacrifices on the Temple Mount is, is, there, no is, there, is in the is the Israeli government yeah. not allowing it to happen. Um, they have applied for permits to set up an altar and perform a real sacrifice on the Temple Mount on Passover this year. Yep. That's only five weeks away, about four, yep. four or five weeks away. Uh, but they apply for a permit every year. And they and, haven't gotten and, it yet. They don't go through. Yeah, it hasn't happened yet. So why is it? Um, can you describe to everybody, people who haven't been to Israel before, it's hard for them to understand. You go up on the Temple Mount, you have the Israeli police up there. Yes. But, and the Israeli police are the one who enforce the laws of the Jordanians, the Wake. They, they are there to, the, the, the uh, Muslim Waft does not have any weapons, they have radios. But they are supposedly in control of the Mount. Israel had control of that mountain in 1967. Moshe Dan in order to keep the conflict from being extended and go nuts in the Muslim world, said, let them have control. 
And in the very beginning, they were content with just being able to be there and do their worship. I've shown you that booklet that I had from old tour guides mm -hmm. that said, this is where Solomon's temple stood. Now today they'll tell you, there's no temple here, not Solomon's or anybody else's. Mm -hmm. And uh, they keep doing things. I think you were there one time when we'd go up on the mountain and all these little girls would circle you and start yelling, Allah Akbar, Allah Akbar, Allah, you know, trying to yeah. keep you from seeing anything. Well, some were, were a little bit frightening one time when yeah. they had something underneath their Yes, robes, it, it didn't look thinking. like girls walking around, okay? No, it, no. They walked different and they had stuff underneath <laughs> yeah, the You're getting concerned. The job. Thinking, are they going to try and kill us? Yeah. <laughs> Don't know. <laughs> that, was, that was a little bit of a freaky 10-minute incident then. Um, and, and just going back to the sacrifice thing for a minute, we know that the Temple Mount Institute, we visited there several times, they've made all the furniture for the temple uh, except for the Ark of the Covenant. Now, I've asked them several times, where is it? And I've had them uh, do both things. We know right where it is, and we'll get it when we want it. And they'll do this, eh, we're not sure, but we'll find it soon. And, and uh, so I asked the chief rabbi there, I said, I heard you doing these sacrifices. And he said, yes, we are. I said, but why? You don't have a temple. Why are you doing this? He said, you got to train these young men. We have men that are selected. They're part of the Kohenim. They're part of the Kohen family, the the Koath family, the, all those that they believe are descendants of Aaron. And he said, we've already sewn robes for them, just like the temple robes. They have the furniture, we have the vessels. We're doing these sacrifices so they can know how to do them. They gotta be trained. Mm -hmm. And I said, well then what do you do with the animal? And they said, we, we give the meat to the poor until such time as we can set up the temple and do legitimate sacrifices that we see in the book of Leviticus. Yeah. It, it seems like I also hear from politicians over in Israel, they're promising sure. we're going to get this temple built. Yeah. They're getting the religious community, uh, predominantly probably the Haredi community behind yes. them uh, to do that. This article goes on and says, in the event that the Israeli government rejects the permit to right. sacrifice on the Temple Mount, they've also applied for permits to set up an altar and perform a real sacrifice on the Temple Mount three days before Passover this year. So it's interesting, so it's like an, another permit. The Jewish Sanhedrin is stressing the fact that President Trump's peace to prosperity, that should, that should trigger your thoughts there. Yeah. Peace to prosperity proposal recommends that all people of faith should be permitted to pray on the Temple Mount. Yeah. The, which we can't. And right now we're uh, not allowed to. Christians and Jews cannot. You cannot even bring your Bible up there. Yeah. If you have a cross, like your cross you're wearing, you put it, cannot put it wear in your shirt. You'd have you to hide it. it. Did you know the that? Cross on your Some, you knew that you were turn just it, there. It'd make you uh, turn you, your t-shirt yeah. inside out. You can't, you cannot have a shirt that says, yeah, that t-shirt wouldn't work. Yeah. Uh, a shirt with a cross, anything that says Jesus or anything Jewish, right? Star of David, anything like prayer that. Shawl. A prayer shawl, yeah. anything Jewish isn't going to be allowed on there too. But, but it's coming. The Jewish Sanhedrin is saying, this is a watershed moment and peace to prosperity through Trump right. opens the door for the temple to be rebuilt. In the event that the Israeli government rejects both of our permit requests, they've applied for permits to set up an altar at a location in Jerusalem near the temple mount to offer the, the sacrifice, which they do. They've been doing each yeah. other, I think, for eight years And they now. video it, too. It actually yeah. comes up briefly on YouTube and then it gets taken off because it, it is a, a butchering process, you know, there's bloodshed and uh, not fit for children. Yeah, 
It, it, no, no, it's not. Yeah. So I look at this, but the excitement there, there's, there's a couple of things I have for you. We've got to wrap it up yeah. here. But a couple of things I have for you. One of them is you talk to a Messianic person over there. Yes. For those of you who don't know, a Messianic Jew is a Jewish person that believes that Jesus is the Messiah. Messiah. Right? So they're Messianic. Okay? So this is a woman. Yeah. Okay, so she's messianic. She's excited about the temple. She is. But that's a problem is just, too, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Because. And she knows it is. She was yeah. real careful. When I first started talking to her, I, I, I'm, she's working in a store, and I said, well, do you believe in the Messiah? She goes, oh, yes. I said, do you believe he's coming? Oh, yeah. I said, do you believe first time or second time? And she said, well, you know, many people say when he comes the second time, we'll ask him, have you been here before? <laughs> and I said, well, that's too late. And she goes, I know it. I said, so do you believe he's already come once? She goes, yeah. I said, so you're a messianic believer? She goes, yeah. <laughs> and that's where we started getting into this whole thing. And yeah, she's excited. Yeah. So she's excited. The reason why she'd be excited is because she knows it points to a, a temple being rebuilt and sacrifices on, in a temple point to Jesus coming just around the corner, right? In, in, in the very real sense that we have, when you see, um, think of it like this. Um, you hear this, this every year, but I'm going to tell you again. Okay. You see Christmas decorations, what does it tell you? That Thanksgiving's coming, right? And now it's Halloween is coming. <laughs> Halloween's coming, whatever it yeah. is. It's coming. Think of that as rapture of Christmas being the second coming, right? So when you see the decorations, we know we're almost going That's home. Right. And Jesus is almost coming back, right? So we're going up, and then seven years later, it's coming back. So when you see it, this is why a messianic person would be excited. They yeah. know Jesus is coming again. You and I are watching the decorations, so to speak. So when I, I look at the pestilence, Bob, you had mentioned something else to me in the back room, and I said, well, you remember to share that. You're, you're um, so much of what we hear in the news, we don't know what to believe, in all oh, honesty. Yeah. Right? So I'm going through the coronavirus stuff, I really don't know what to believe, but it's causing me, excuse me, to ask a lot more questions than I would have had before, you know, and it's not, I mean, I'm just like, well, this is very strange. Right. So with that, you actually have had the perspective I, I of different news. I had a press box, and this is where you go to the Israeli press, and they set this up, and uh, any news organization in the world, Reuters or uh, whoever else, uh, you know, any news service we have can have a person there. You go in, you get a press box, and they tell you everything that's happening during the day. It's like there's going to be an official opening of a school here or a bridge here. Or the mayor's going to give a speech tonight. And then it goes through and tells you what you can do. You can bring a camera. You can't bring a camera. It's a photo op. It's a video op. Uh, you'll be able to ask questions. You won't be able to ask questions. And so I uh, had this box for three weeks, and I would get the stuff out. I would go to the event, and I would see the event. And then the next morning, on several occasions, I would pick up the L.A. Times and the New York Times. And guess what? They were reporting on the event that I was at, but what they were writing had nothing to do with the event that they claimed to be at, that I was at. And at that point, I lost complete faith in newspapers altogether. And so what Tom is doing, you may wonder, why do we go through so many slides and so many it, you're, you're trying to find more research 
to be able to form an opinion because if you're listening to one news outlet or one newspaper or one news service, you're going to get what they want you to believe. And they're very crafty and very good at putting together their position. But the Bible warns us, if you don't hear the other side, you're not going to know who's telling the truth. So we've got to take a number of sides and put them all together to find out where the truth is. And most importantly, going right back like Tom did tonight into the scripture to see what Jesus said is going to happen. And that's what's happening. He's been faithful all the way through. He's going to keep going. God keeps all of his promises. Amen. And we look at these things. And I want to encourage you, Bob, especially, you know, you've been to Israel way more than I have. And, um, and pray for the peace of Jerusalem. The ultimate peace is coming when the Lord returns, but pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Uh, It's tough being Jew over there. It's tough being an Arab over there. I mean, the people, you have a lot of Arab friends and and Jewish friends. And it's tough being a Christian over there, too. It's tough being, yeah, it's tough being a Christian over there. Because if you're not in their club, they don't like your club. Yeah, Messianic Jews really have it tough over there. They are persecuted. They are literally spit upon, or people will come up and do this. And that's not a big deal, but after about 70 or 80 people do that to you in a day, you end up with a large bruise on your shoulder. Yeah, yeah a lot of, so. it's just, uh, so uh, a lot of things are going on, but Jesus is coming back. Amen. R- remember this also, Jesus said, therefore you also be ready for the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect. We are not to be caught unaware. Amen? Amen. So we study the Bible. What does the Bible have to say? But at the same time, we don't need to live in fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. Uh, Don't get caught up in the hype and everything. Keep a level head on everything. And remember like you opened up with with Isaiah. God is in charge. God is in charge. I saw the Lord sitting upon the throne. High and and lifted lifted up. And his glory filled the temple. Amen. Amen. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. (laughs) Amen. Praise God. Amen. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com, and check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope For Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.